There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Doing today, it's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is uh, Season 4, Episode 25, an episode we're calling the McCarty, a.k.a. Darren McCarty, one half of the Bruise Brothers with uh, with uh, Bob Probert for the Detroit Red Wings back in the 90s. Of course, last week we did uh, kind of name Episode 24 after uh, Bob Probert, and we put it out there, we said, uh, who's does he have a nickname? We couldn't think of his nickname. Well, turns out the nickname was uh, a, a bit of a shared nickname with this guy, Darren McCarty, and they were known uh, together as the Bruise Brothers. They were a punishing, uh, physical couple of dudes for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it's co host Tom here. I'm with, as always, co host Randy. Randy, how are you doing today? You got the uh, you got the blades ready to go. It's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, you yeah. ready to go get a sweat on or what? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of people sweating uh, today here in Winnipeg. It's uh, probably going to hit uh, over 40 degrees Celsius with the uh, humid X. Um, so, yeah, I think I might get the blades on maybe this evening once it cools off a bit, get out of the heat of the day and have some fun. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, coming up later on the program today, and not, not you won't have to wait too long, listeners. We got an interview coming up uh, pretty soon with Wade Little, aka Beer Leaguered, on Instagram. He's a uh, uh, Victoria, BC guy. He's uh, formerly of Winnipeg, and he's very entrenched in hockey in all its forms. And these days, living on the island, uh, roller hockey um, is uh, is his bag. So we're gonna talk a, lo- a bunch of roller hockey coming up in a little bit here, but. Uh, yeah, I thought we'd just maybe uh, shoot the breeze about Darren McCarty for a minute. And also it being uh, just having been Father's Day, uh, maybe uh, a nod to some famous hockey dads. Um, so, yeah, like uh, as far as as far as Darren McCarty goes, let's just run down quickly his his stats here. He played 13 years in Detroit, two years in Calgary. Um for a total of 15 years and 758 regular season games, he uh, he scored 288 points over those 758 games. But excuse me, points weren't really what he was on the ice uh, to to do. He was he was your classic, you know, third fourth liner, big part of those Detroit Cup winning teams in the late 90s, early thousands. Um, and he was he had he did have some clutch playoff goals if I remember correctly. Um, there was uh, you know one that I don't know if it was in the finals or to help them get to the finals, but I remember he scored a big one at one point there. And um, <clears throat> he finished his career with fourteen hundred seventy-seven penalty minutes. So 
he never really approached as many penalties as his buddy Bob Probert, um, who Probert we learned last week had a season with 398 penalty minutes. Uh, McCarty's grand total, like season high total, was 181, and that was in his rookie year with Detroit, 1993-94, age 21. Good way to make an impression, you know, come in and sort of <laughs> yeah. sit in the box the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Solid rookie year though. He had 26 points in 67 games and 181 PIMS. Um, how many of those were scraps? I, uh, I would have to dig a little deeper to find out, but I'm not sure. But that, that era, 93, 94, there was uh, a fair amount of scrapping going on in the NHL in those days. That was some rock'em sock'em hockey for sure. Um, do you have any, um, Darren McCarty kind of, you know, memories that jump out at you or anything? Well, you just got to think about that huge rivalry between Detroit and Colorado, like with the Claude Lemieux incident with, uh, Chris Draper and, you know, McCarty would have been like all over that, like, uh, well, whatever the yeah. saying is a wet paper bag. I don't know what they say, <laughs> but he would have been all over that, uh, uh, and yeah, he's, he was like, he's the kind of player that uh, I guess you could say um, excels in the playoffs. Like you need those bump and grinding plays, the hard ice gets in the corners, gets the, gets the, you know, the wins, the puck battles. He was kind of, uh, you know, a, a, like a legit playoff uh, warrior. You could call him. Uh, Absolutely. And, actually, and I'm just kind of, Doing a, I'm getting a little bit of research passed to me by our intern uh, who works at Wikipedia. And so it kind of confirms a, a vague memory that I had is that so in the 0-2 playoffs, McCarty registered his first hat trick in game one of the Western Conference against Colorado. And he ended up scoring four goals in that series, which was a career best for him. Uh, Detroit won the series and eventually won their third cup in six years that season. And the the Claude Lemieux incident you're talking about is 1997. Um, and it was, you know, Detroit, Colorado going at it. And um, McCarty basically, you know, <laughs> put the put the knuckles to Claude Lemieux, who, and it was kind of retribution for his hit the previous On playoffs Draper. against Draper. That's yeah. right. And, uh, and then uh, McCarty went and scored the OT winning goal as the Wings went on to uh, win their cup, first cup since, uh, well, in 40 years at that point. So, yeah, he was definitely a huge part of those playoff teams. And you're right, like, you know, especially in those days, uh, you needed guys like him on your playoff teams. And now I think the, the nowadays you look at the playoff, the two teams in the finals, um, you look at uh, Pat Maroon maybe as kind of an equivalent for this era, you know, um, the equivalent type of player that, that Tampa has, you know, um, uh, Corey Perry, uh, yeah. on the other side, right, right now, Kadri is injured, but like he's got, well, he's scoring points this year, but he's got that edge to him. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, like, though, like in another number 25 that you mentioned before we were recording a guy like Max Talbot is someone who mm -hmm. kind of, uh, seems to be a bit of a factor when those top two lines uh, cancel each other out in the playoffs, but we've got about five minutes maybe to talk 
hockey dads here. We got a right. full interview with Wade coming up. So we got only a couple minutes to go here. Uh, hockey dads. I'd have to just say most recently, and maybe I'm not a huge fan of the family, uh, but you know, recently we saw Keith Kachuk uh, watching his son, Matthew Kachuk play hockey in the playoffs there. And, and uh, you know, brother uh, Brady was nearby, um, you know, obviously, and then you got the, the Walter Gretzky is probably the most legendary hockey dad. Um, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. The first one that I thought of would have been probably like Walter Gretzky. Cause he was just like such a part of, you know, Wayne's, success i think right and then like even then when wayne went on to be you know an adult and a and a like long time nhl superstar you still you know walter was still part of the picture like he was you know always always going to his games always just such a big part of it it's kind of funny and i mean i'm sure walter would have coached back in the old days but it's interesting in a way that maybe he didn't you know, pursue coaching more because he probably would have been a pretty good coach, right? Like, yeah, you think about the the kids he raised who all sort of turned out to be pretty darn good hockey players. One of them happened to be the best ever kind of thing. Well, and, um, and with you mentioning coaching, we just kind of had that scenario here in Winnipeg with Dave Lowry and Adam Lowry. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. that, maybe that experiment didn't go over so well, but, uh, I, I, you know, maybe sometime in the future, our intern can figure out how many times dads coach their own sons in the NHL. Yeah. Well, in the playoffs this year in the Western conference final, you had Josh Manson playing for Colorado and his dad, Dave Manson was on the bench for Edmonton. And they showed that one um, shot there of Dave. So it was right. Josh had just scored a goal. It was kind of a clutch goal. I can't remember which game it was or whatever, but uh, Josh Manson scores a goal. They 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 cut the camera right over to Dave Manson on the bench, and he's kind of like <laughs> biting in his, you know, like didn't. Uh, on the one hand, he's pretty proud of his son for scoring, but on the other hand, uh, just kind of sunk his team that he's coaching. So yeah, and um, actually, <laughs> yesterday on on the broadcast, I think it was before the game, they had Adam Foot on it being interviewed because right. his son Cal plays for Tampa but he was a uh, part of the he, avalanche. He was, so yeah. he's kind of got a foot in, in both camps, but uh, uh, a foot. Uh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> hey, do we have a writer on this show or. Uh... <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, accident. And, and, and you know, actually, and that's kind of um, interesting too, about the Adam foot cow foot thing is um, because Ad, Adam foot Canadian played for team Canada in the Olympics, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but played his pro hockey in the States. His son is American and is now in the NHL. There's a good number. And I think we've kind of touched on this before. And um, I would, I would need the intern to give me the raw data, but there's a good number of sort of Canadian ex NHLers who played their careers in the States. They retire from hockey play and they, they settle in the city where they were at, be it Denver or whatever boston or wherever and then they kind of raise their family and they have these kids who were around the pro rink all the time as kids you know money's no obstacle they're going to all the best hockey academies all the stuff they got great coaching and now we have a generation of hockey players coming up that are american who are all the sons of uh ex pro nhlers or not, not necessarily even NHLers, but like pro high-level hockey players, and there are a lot of them that are 
NHLers, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Like you can really start rattling off the names, but we've only got a quick minute to go here before we throw to our interview with Wade and we want to get to a song before that. So um, this song is, is one of Wade's picks. He gave us a couple song picks here. Um, and this one is Fred Eagle Smith and the song title, Randy uh, is toggle switch toggle switch by Fred Eagle Smith. So Fred's from Guelph, Ontario. And this is a bit of a hockey-related song. We're going to add it to our playlist, um, which you can check out. I'll post a link to it on our Instagram. And, uh, yeah, we've got, like, six hours of hockey-related music on there. So uh, catch you on the other side of this, too. Here's for you, old guy. My toaster oven it has got a couple buttons With a picture above them I don't know what they mean I guess one's for hot guess one's for cold I guess one's for something in between. I like a toggle switch. I like the sound of the click. It's just like a hockey stick on a frozen pond. I like a toggle switch. Ain't no trick to it. You just give it a flick and it turns you on. Me and the missus, we was fresh out of kisses. We went to a counselor to turn things around. She said, now, Fred, when you get into bed, you want to make her happy. You got to slow things down. I like the toggle switch. I like the sound of the click. Just like a hockey stick on a frozen pond. I like the toggle switch. Ain't no trick to it. You just give it a flick. And it turns you on. Can't work my TV. Can't work my phone. Can't get in the front door of my own home. I like a toggle switch. Ain't no trick to it. You just give it a flick. And it turns you on. We're joined here by Wade Little out in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, Wade, a.k.a. Beer Leaguered on Instagram. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Wade. Uh, welcome. Oh, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. <laughs> so you're out there skating around. You got your blades on. It looks like a pretty gorgeous day. I mean, yeah. I'm just assuming by the video here as we're talking to you over Zoom. Looks like you're kind of skating around there. Uh, tell us about your setting a little bit. Uh, we're just in the Squamalt. Uh, this is a part of town right near Victoria. I say it's part of, yeah, Greater Victoria now. It's at the lacrosse box, but uh, high jacket for hockey pretty often. We play, we've got uh, a league, like a little pickup league where we even do stats and everything, change teams every time, but we do personal stats at the end of the year. There's trophies. But uh, the box, we play at least three days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays a lot too, but Sundays is the big day where, you know, everyone shows up with a lot of water, uh, food, and uh, ready to play both three or four games. And 
No, Rack up those points, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we definitely are looking forward to talking um, some uh, roller hockey, inline hockey, but we got to get to your origin story here. We got to like go through... <laughs> The, it's like the Marvel universe yeah. here, you know. <laughs> the hockey history for Wade Little. You're rocking a Yorkton Terriers jersey there. We we yeah, definitely got to talk about Yorkton. Um, but you know, tell us, uh, tell us about like you know the first time you strapped on the skates, or what was it that kind of got you into hockey and and kind of got you playing the game? Uh, I to this day I still feel pretty blessed uh, getting to grow up in Saskatchewan where. Hockey is pretty much free for, for like six months of the year. Mm. I grew up across the street from a park where there was, you know, hand flooded rink. And sometimes some years there'd be a warm up shack. Some years there wouldn't. My mom would be able to like look out the window, look for <laughs> the green pom-pom toque or whatever. <laughs> and I'd walk over and sometimes some years I'd get frostbite. Sometimes I wouldn't. Yeah, that's how I started in Yorkton, played a lot of house league and a little bit of single A. And then uh, around after college in Alberta, moved to Winnipeg. And it was, you know, the same sort of story. I felt like it was like the blessing, like the best beer league scene in all of Canada, I think Winnipeg is. Honestly. Yeah, it, I, I would agree with that statement. It is um, the beer league scene in Winnipeg and like, like any level of rack hockey, if you want to play rack hockey, it's available. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, there's a group for you kind of thing. Yeah. There's a huge spectrum. And I found it here in Victoria. There's not even a part, like not even a small portion of what it was like out in Winnipeg. Right. You know, not just in like the number of divisions, but like the style of hockey. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is a good chance to segue to inline hockey then because that seems like it's probably a lot more popular in Victoria. What with it not really getting a, a true Canadian winter? You guys are the the yeah. uh, gold coast of Canada. Everybody's, you know, you know, when it's minus 40 here and we're sick of it, <laughs> we're all like, it's well, I should move to Victoria. Plus <laughs> like, six, plus eight, porn Yeah, game. so so I guess, I guess uh, roller hockey is probably, or inline hockey, uh, would be a lot more popular there. I w I'm not going to say it's more popular, but there's definitely a scene as far as uh, there is an indoor rink here and there's a lot of outdoor lacrosse boxes. So even our scene where we play on Sundays at the Squamalt, there's also, a, I know there's a group play at Brayfoot. We used to play at Topaz. It's another part of town. Um, I know this group playing at Wanda Fuca. There's lots of little groups where guys play like street hockey style um, hockey, um, just with a ball, yeah, uh, and sticks. Some guys play on rollerblades. Some guys play on feet. It's, it's a pretty good mix. Like, um, you know, there's, there was always a story sometimes. But in, in Saskatchewan or Manitoba, someone said, you know, I never got to play hockey because my parents couldn't afford it. But it was always like a small piece, of, or at least they'd be able to play on the outdoor rink, like with a pair of skates. Out here. There's a lot of lot more stories of like, yeah, I never got to play hockey because my parents didn't afford it's it. I played too expensive, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, there's also a scene. There's like they call it hockey 101. A lot of the guys that you know get in your 20s and 30s and you start being to pay your own bills, you can afford it yourself. They get to learn. So it reminds me of like the the E League or the E Division in um, 
the lower E division at Highlander. Mm-hmm. No way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the inline stuff, there's Eagle Ridge. There's a couple guys that have made the Team Canada inline hockey team where they go to, wow. you know, Columbia or Czech Republic or wherever to play hockey. So yeah. is that the hockey hotbed for uh, the hockey hotbed for inline players? Like, because you can. Vancouver probably is a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just with it's a bigger population base, maybe. Bigger and... population for sure. And there's, and there are the facilities. Um, yeah. The Eagle Ridge is a pretty nice facility here in Victoria. I forget the guy's name. Corey Hatcher. He's actually this really small, like five foot four or five foot six guy. He plays on, he goes to the NARCH tournaments down in the States. And I know he's played for Team Canada at the World Championships. He's an exceptional hockey player. He racks up the points in the <laughs> league, you know. He really That's pretty cool. Runs I- away with it. This this is kind of um, maybe an aside, but I think I just heard today or I saw, I, I looked at my phone for a little bit, Jonathan Huberdeau or is it Sean Couturier? One of the two is going to play like the ball hockey nationals. Did I, I, did I am I making I this up? Did I they, see they this? I don't know the exact, that, that exact detail, but I know Jonathan Huberdeau um, was sponsored, is sponsored by napper hockey with a k k-n-a-p-e-r it's a like on feet and everything i know he's sponsored so i wouldn't be surprised that they're maybe they're sending him out to the to the national uh the worlds i think it's isn't nationals are happening in montreal is it it's 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 the world championships and and actually i saw i saw the post yesterday saying he was on the team and then today someone from nhl.com said he's not going so I guess oh, just to clarify, insurance on his contract yeah. does not cover this funny thing yeah. though. It's like, then I looked at the roster and it said, Josh Anderson was on the team. So then I looked oh, at all wow. the, all the tweet, tweet replies or whatever, but it's like someone else was just with the same name. It wasn't just, yeah, oh, <laughs> the Josh Anderson. Name, but probably. something we can talk about in a couple minutes is like Connor Bedard uh, plays in the, the North, uh, uh, North, North Shore. Vancouver, North Shore yeah. 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 But before we get there, um, uh, do you get on indoor ice at all, like in Victoria, or are you gonna do you kind of keep it outdoors uh, on on the wheels? You know, when I first moved here, I was I was picking up what they call, you know, it, what would you call it in Winnipeg? I guess drop in, uh, stick and puck, stick and puck, stick and puck. There was stick yeah. and puck. I would hear they call it the duffer. I don't I don't know where that that name <laughs> originates from, but it's it's what it's called. Or uh, shinny, you know, it used to be, yeah. it's like their def- definition of pickup hockey. I played a lot of that when I first moved out here and then slowly made my way onto uh, an old-timers league where, like, the, uh, the times were actually pretty decent. I did that for about three years, and we had our second kid, and it just didn't make sense when all the ice times were after 9 p.m., mm-hmm. which was still pretty good because the hockey one-on-one, the other inline or I indoor ice place or league in this in the city it's games generally start after 10 p.m yeah so it's, it's really hard to make games well, like that. i'll tell you when i messaged you the other night about coming on the show that was after an 11 10 p.m start time that we had so i got home from that and it was just like looking at instagram and you you posted the uh a repost of your 
a previous video that you'd done of you taken, I was going to say taking the ice, but taking the court, I guess, on the blades, slow-mo, you know, you got the hair going. Um, the short shorts. Yeah, yeah, the short shorts. We're going to have to repost that for the uh, for the listeners here uh, and, and or just go, you know, check out Beer Leaguer's Instagram. We'll have that tagged up on the Instagram at pot, Talking Hockey Podcast. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful site. Uh, so, <laughs> but that was that was post like you know eleven ten p.m. on a Wednesday start time. So it was a yeah. late game. I wasn't I wasn't sleeping much that night. Thursday no. was a bit of a you know bit it, of a struggle. I'm not a, I'm not a stranger to those ice times at all. But at <laughs> least in Winnipeg, it wasn't. As frequent, uh, no, yeah, the, exactly. There's here. like one per season, yeah, yeah. Out here, like generally, to get a game before 9 45 p.m. Is, is very rare in the mm-hmm. in the ice hockey. So, just after about four or five years being here, I, I just had to kind of give it up. And everyone yeah. at that time, we started ramping up playing outdoor at this box on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it was kind of just, just made sense. It was like, okay, well, I'm still playing hockey three days a week, and it's mostly free like sometimes we have to pay for the lights beyond but it's like 30 dollars a session yeah, yeah that's pretty cool and you're playing yeah. under the beautiful blue sky that are behind you can't yeah. oh about it's that. gorgeous no so, it's so so tell tell our listeners like, we're gonna actually proclaim you as our uh, uh resident uh inline hockey expert uh, I don't, th- uh, I don't think that's a good one to pin on me. <laughs> okay. Well, the, too, we, sorry. I play, too, a, I play like a, a ragtag version of inline hockey. Okay. Outdoor. Well, for someone to, for someone to start, um, like, you know, is it a, what would you say? Like, is the, tra- what's the transition like coming from the ice to, to the, to the asphalt? It was hard. The, the, your stride is a lot different. I find it's a lot more work in the heels it was a definitely a, it was an adjustment. Let's just mm. say, um, I played for a year with regular rollerblades, like regular uh, ice. I'm not gonna say ice hockey rollerblades, and then a year after about a year, I found those Mars blades. That's when I like truly got excited about playing outdoor hockey, outdoor roller hockey. Is when it was like, you're. The rocker. Your pivots, your rocker, everything feels so much more natural. But the only thing that doesn't translate totally over from ice to roller with the Mars blades is the is the stopping. You you know, on ice you can kind of shade with your toe and start from from any part. Let's be honest on the ice, but with uh, if you want to make a sharp turn or a, a a pretty quick stop, you have to swing your heel out. Yeah. Outside of that, um, when I got the Mars blades, it was. The transition was beautiful. Yeah, I'll never go back to regular. And Randy, you've got some of those Mars blades, don't you? Yeah, I, I've got. I put Mars blade uh, like the chassis on my old hockey skates, and then I don't know, uh, Wade. Are you? What are you doing for like a wheel setup? Are you? Are you rocking the small wheel in the front? Hey, one sec. Oh. We lost him. He's back. There we go. You got back. me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you do the the small wheel on the front or like what what's your wheel setup for for your blades? So I've got a rain setup and I've got a dry setup. Oh yeah. So on my my we play a lot in the rain. I mean it's rains here for two hundred <laughs> days a year. So with those I use a stainless steel bearing with uh, stickier indoor wheels, like something like a Labita Gripper. 
And I, on that one, I have, the, it's the classic 01 Mars blade and it's just all 76 across the board. I don't use the smaller wheel in the front anymore. I, I did my first bit, but now I don't, I don't feel the need to anymore. And then for my dry setup, I've got the Mars Blade R1, where it's the 7680 high-low sort of setup with, yeah. uh, like, I use bones, bearings, keep them looped up. And then I use the, I prefer the revision clingers, the orange ones. I think they're about to change the color on them, but they're, I, I used find to have those ones. Then I, yeah, then I switched good. to these ones, the, the Labida asphalt ones. Yeah, I've, I used to use those. Like, I burned through them a little faster than I do the clangers. It's my only thing. Uh, and probably the difference between Victoria and Winnipeg is Winnipeg, well, similar to the roads here, <laughs> you know, they're not <laughs> they're not very yeah. well taken care of. Um, well, totally, you got the, the freeze thaw. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, they got all those excuses. But uh, the, the, the surfaces here really can chomp up your wheels pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I just saw, you know, prior to recording that surface behind you is quite smooth. Uh, yeah. It's gorgeous. And, yeah. Take, take I us through too. So like for, 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 for playing. So you guys use a hockey ball, the classic orange hockey ball that everyone took off the leg as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the inner thigh. Exactly. <laughs> the leaves the frozen marsh. Well. Orange ball off the inner thigh. That'll, that'll yes. take anybody down. I don't yeah. care who you are. <laughs> oh, no, they, they do. They get at least a couple guys every game. Yeah. They still do. It's, uh, what, you know, what, it's good, uh, it's nostalgia. How much gear does, uh, do you guys wear? Like you got shin pads, gloves, uh, you're wearing, just kind of at your discretion in this league or in the group we play with. So yeah. I I think that padding is the cheapest insurance you can get. So I wear shin pads, elbow pads, and gloves. And then I know other guys that don't wear gloves, don't wear shin pads, don't wear anything, and I mm. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. That's but like there's some really good skaters too, so it's at their own risk. There's, there's some skates that I – play in you know through the winter that it's like oh i don't really wear shoulder pads at this skate but you you gotta have your elbow pads yeah Yeah. Yeah. i can imagine it's the same with rollers right like you yeah just in case you're gonna tumble what's going down first your elbow yeah and it gives me the confidence to roll out a little bit easier you know um i just the other day we had a guy he's like he's actually a skateboarder so he doesn't wear pads or anything on when he skateboards. So of course he doesn't want to do when he's playing hockey. <laughs> so he took a, someone tripped him up and he took a hard spill and he landed right there. It's just like all just, it looks so gross. It was like yeah. completely looked infected. Even like two days later, it just it's like the thrasher no. hall of meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a small one. It was, it was quite big. And it was the one where it didn't go deep, but it was enough to get, like make a big patch on that whole forearm mm. almost. It was like, oh. Have you tried playing on any like the sport court? Like, is that around Victoria at all? And like, what? Yeah, like, there's uh, a. Yeah. Yeah, at the Eagle Ridge is a sport court. It's really nice. Uh, we actually there's a huge ball hockey scene here. Um, there's 26 teams in it in the league now, plus another or no 24 teams plus a six team six team women's division, and that's only started up in the last two years. Just basically when COVID hit, and I think just because a lot of people played a lot of gym hockey and whatnot, they 
I think it's, you know, guys who can't skate, they feel a little bit more confident playing in the ball hockey league. Yeah, for sure. The the league is, you know, one of the teams from that league just won the BC Provincials. They're going to national championships to see see if they're going to play in the world. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so they're the best team in BC, and they might – there's a lot of really good teams in Quebec and Ontario, so we'll be up against some good talent, but – you know, do you find there's room really nice. do you find there's room for like so you got the competitive teams like that maybe but do you find there's room for the other end of the spectrum of just kind of like I just I just want to go out have some fun get a bit yeah. of a sweat on you know whatever like that kind of uh, it's like I don't care if we win or lose that kind of yeah. thing yeah there's the that league has four divisions. So the mm-hmm. A division and the B division, they have the, if they win the A and the B, they have a chance to go to provincials play in the A or B division in provincials. And then the C and D are, C is pretty good hockey. You say guys have been playing for a long time, but don't necessarily have, want to keep up with the kids who want to play provincials. Then D mm-hmm. is for anyone from beginners to guys who just want to play with their friends. Just having fun, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. That, that, that there's like the options and whatnot. It's good to hear because, like, yeah, I never, you know, like, I think Vancouver Island, as far as producing, um, you know, pro hockey players, there's probably, there's obviously going to be some guys, um, but it's similar. I grew up in the Maritimes and, it wasn't like there's not a huge outdoor hockey scene because you don't have the winters to sustain it necessarily. And just like the infrastructure of the outdoor rinks and stuff doesn't really yeah. exist um, in most places. So you get some pros and now, you know, with very like intense year round training and whatnot and coaching improvements, you get more and more like, mm-hmm. um, but I think I, I think of Vancouver Island, I, both coasts, I think of yeah. as kind of just like not really the like, yes, people love hockey there, but it's not oh, like yeah. the hockey hotbed that the prairies kind of are or that, yeah. you know, Ontario or whatever is Quebec, that kind of thing. But um, no, it's yeah. definitely true. I, yeah. I find that out here is some of the best hockey players that Vancouver Island has sort of produced in the last 20 years. They've been inline hockey guys or guys right. who play inline hockey as well as ice hockey, like the Ben brothers, Jamie and Jordy and uh, Tyson Berry. Like they're, they were, they were known that when ice hockey finished, they go and play inline. When they were kids, they were playing on adult beer league inline hockey teams. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So and I, I think of just I kind of getting said, the like, reps in. Yeah. yeah. Getting the reps in. And you know what? Uh, inline hockey, there's a lot of, a lot more creativity in the, the game itself or, you know, there's no offsides. There's no icing. You can kind of, it's, it's more of a flow game. Like there's only four to six guys that show up to a inline mm. hockey game. It's four on four. It's pure possession. Mm. It's, it's just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Kind of like three on three hockey. Mm. Yeah. 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 So actually before we started this interview, you were just ripping around uh, behind <laughs> on the, on the court behind you there. What, what's your, like, do you have like a, like a, you know, routine or do you have like, when you go out there, are you like picking posts? You're doing that for a while. You get the post and then you're working on your dangles. Like what, what's your, what's your routine? 
Well, oh, we know, I, I we know first off, he's taking the no bucket warm up lap, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> letting the salad breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah. They take the hat off. And let everyone see it. Uh, yeah, there's a few things I like to do. If there's, say, a cut showed up and then, you know, I didn't care if there's a game going, I like to line up around. There's a kind of like a large crease. Not the it has something to do with the cross. I like to line up a bunch of pucks or balls along that, and I'll just pick one corner and hit it. And I like to hit about 70 80 percent. Once I've hit that corner 70 80 percent, I'll go on to the next corner, line them all up again, do another corner. And then there's also a bunch of uh targets on the boards there. You can oh, only yeah. see the half. What I'll do is I'll skate up and down those boards and I'll hit every target a few times on the forehand come back down hit them all with the backhand there's a lot of different things i like to do just to kind of get my hands and my uh legs moving awesome so in another another aspect to your hockey background um you were the the like the ice maker at archwood community center which is yeah let's hear about that which was, it's a it's a great spot right along the same river um you know great ice two rinks i've been there a few times i've never uh, been to that outdoor club yeah, uh, but sweet. i know somebody who lives right in that neighborhood um but yeah that's uh that's cool like i <laughs> i might be getting on the ice crew at my local community club next winter i've kind of you know me and the guy who, who runs the crew are, are pretty fun so which club is that uh, it's the lord roberts community club Oh, that's the that's the one where the Apocalypse Now tournament was. Is that no, right? that's at uh, well, that's maybe Bork in Bale. the old days it was, but that it's at. Or that Bale. You don't know. You're right. That's Borkville. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Me. But Lord Roberts, we compete directly with the Riverview Club, which is great ice. They got a Zamboni, you know, all the. All, but they've got the, a pretty fun the, crew from what I've heard as well. Yeah, and it's it's a great rink. But the Lord Roberts one is also it's a good rink. Um, it's just all like hand done, right? So yeah. um, it takes a lot more labor. But and so, this winter was so cold and snowy that it. Wade, yeah. Wade, Wade, before you jump into like your history of being the kind of the guy in charge of the ice, um, you know, from someone going to enjoy outdoor ice, there was no better feeling than to be like the first one there right after mm. a flood. It's like sweet. They just, you know, maybe you call your buddies. It's like they just flooded Archwood. Like, you know, <laughs> get over here. So you're the guy who provides you're that the fresh guy flood. It. Yeah. So tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At Archwood, it was kind of the same sort of feeling. I loved calling guys and letting them know who just flooded it. And then, you know, showing up early or staying late or whatever, you run into the ice maker there have a couple conversations and they they're looking for guys to help. So you get, you help out, but that one's such as, uh, there's not a ton of people looking to help at, at that, uh, at that club. So I ended up, you know, you're dragging a pump up and down the river bank to oh, get yeah. the, that first initial base down. You don't want to use too much municipal water. And mm. then, uh, once the, once the like, cause it's on a hill. So you've got to almost build it up. So it gets to the point where most of the ground is at least covered. And then you start doing hand floods. And then after the hand floods are done, you bring out the Zamboni. And yeah, I did that for two full seasons, mostly on my own. I had the, the guy who taught me, helped me a little bit at the start of the first season, but 
you just got to cut your teeth and you learn a lot about the chemistry of water, man. Like you know, chemistry, it's certain temperatures, certain humidities. You're watching the the weather all the time. Like you're watching the weather radar to see when you're going to have to clean right. the rink and you just got to hit those sweet spots. And there's how many right. times where I'm like, the snow, it stops snowing at 8 p.m. I'm going to go rip out, clear the snow, put a flood down and those kids will have it for first thing 8 a.m. the next oh, morning and yeah. that's just the best morning ever and for then like you're that like group of yeah kids. those kids are having the best morning they have no idea what yeah. happened behind yeah. the scenes but it, no, meanwhile, yeah. it was all wade you know uh at yeah. beer leaguered and he's providing you know yeah. hours of enjoyment for these kids but yeah you're right i guess now, you can't flood when it's too cold or whatever too and it's like, often a, a, an overnight or middle of the night or late night kind of thing isn't it yeah like I had a full-time job when I was doing that too. Right. So you can't just like drop everything at your job and show, <laughs> show up at, you know, at 10, 12 PM. Like, Hey, I'm going to go flutter a rink that I got paid you 12 bucks an hour for, you know? So you do that, you know, you work a full day and then you don't get to show up until, you know, five, 6 PM. You drag out a big water pump. It's pitch black too, this time of year. Right. So yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy work, but, you know, someone's got to do it. Yeah. So actually, and I passed it to after after I uh, moved to Victoria. My friend Ed is now the ice maker at Archwood, and he's been doing it ever since. Nice. Right on. Ed is a Ed is a, a hero among men. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So as a as a growing up in Saskatchewan and then moving, you said to Alberta for university, and you and then you were uh, in Winnipeg, and now you're on Victoria Island. Um, obviously, full, the full prairie experience yeah. there you got Saski, alberta and manitoba it's, uh, so, yeah. so tell, tell me about like uh you know you've obviously grew up on the prairies and there's you know you got the flames you got the oilers you got the jets um but on the island like who who do the people of Van, uh, vancouver island cheer for are they oh they're big fans? Canucks country. are they yeah. big canucks country yeah okay. big time i has, thought has, maybe with the I was just gonna say, has Seattle cut into that at all? Or I was, yeah, I I thought they maybe would. I think if they had had the same sort of season that say Vegas did, you mm. might would have seen some people jump. But maybe in time, maybe in time, we'll see. But not so far. And you know, they came in. I think if say COVID hadn't hit or whatever, I think people would have been more excited about going over to get tickets, like catching the black ball, whatever ferry. But. You know, it's, it's still travels. Yeah. They're saying travel is going to be dicey until at least next winter, they're saying. For sure. Who knows? And so as a prairie kid who's living out on the island in Canuck country, wh where do your allegiances lie? Who do you like? What's your team? Well, my team growing up, just as a, like an anti, you know, anti-establishment uh, in, the, in, the, in the prairies, everyone's are generally, you know, it's post-80s. Oilers fans. Then you've also got the farmers who are like their parents had allegiances to say the Leafs or the Canadians. The, the original six, Boston, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It even, yeah, there's a few Boston. But, uh, you know, I remember in 92 when, when the Penguins were up against uh, Blackhawks, I kind of would, you know, everyone's Mario and Yager. At that time, I, I was a, just starting to be a defenseman, you know, starting to really find my game and I related to Chris Chelios and that's oh, nice. who kind of that's who I kind of gravitated to and then spent the 
I don't know how many years after that where they were just a lowly team. After 96, it was a it was a tough team to cheer for for a long yeah. time. <laughs> and then and then they won those cups and now I'm not much of a a team guy. I kind of just watch whoever yeah now especially with you know Blackhawks being the organized organization they are it seems like the last few years with the Kyle Beach situation and yeah right you yeah. know not really knowing how they not believing how they handled the Patrick Kane situation you're not really sure about what really went down there yeah. so it makes it hard to cheer for an organization like that but you know I'm just learning to just love hockey and the good hockey players like this this playoffs was great to watch like the battle of alberta was incredible right incredible series even the the, the beliefs lightning series was great i, I really yeah. enjoyed that yeah yeah that's good and, and it's, it's for sure you know, like you just when it comes to the playoffs whether or not you've got a team sort of in the running um or you don't care but like mm-hmm. playoff hockey is just something else it's the next level and the final, you know, Stanley Cup finals going on right now. We got, we're recording this on Saturday night. We've got uh, Colorado and Tampa going at it in game two. And Colorado is basically putting the boots to the Lightning at this point in time. I, I left the house when it was four nothing Colorado. And I think Randy said it was five nothing at that time. Yeah. It's seven nothing now. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So uh, um, before we get to your, uh, you've got two song requests, but, and one, one song uh, played uh, prior to this interview and one will right. play, us, <laughs> play us out. Um, but before we get there, just tell the listeners about Beer Leaguered. Like what, what, like one, how did you come up with that name? And two, like, what, what are you, it's what are you great. doing? Yeah, what, that's like, a great what's, handle. It what's, is. What's great your, handle. you know, you, you got a, the the hockey lifestyle. You're almost, yeah, like a hockey lifestyle thing going on. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a. I remember when I, the first year or so that I was living here, my friend, uh, get his name right now. Jay, my friend Jamie Barber, he passed away just uh, early on in the the pandemic. When he was here, I'd, one of my first friends I made out in Victoria, I had this idea of like this beleaguered beer leaguer, like, and I kept on saying those two <laughs> words like <constantly laughs> for like 48 hours and finally just came out as one. And I was like, oh, okay, there it is. That's nice. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's more of a joke, uh, like personality than anything. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that guy, but I'd love to make fun of myself. You know, I'm wearing like all orange and you know tired yeah, those are some hot pants you got on <laughs> yeah so it's more of like i just make fun of myself you know yeah. pile on i just got some custom sticks from those pro, pro hockey sticks geppetto he's he's uh he makes or he feels he's got a custom hockey stick company he runs out of winnipeg and i just got my little like by my name it's a little pylon nice <laughs> You know, you're just buying into it. I just kind of make fun of myself about it, basically. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, look good, play good, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, exactly. that Yorkton Terriers jersey is so good. It's magnificent. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't find any of it. Usually you see that weird big T logo or yeah. something mm-hmm. else. You don't see that that 90s one anywhere. I've yeah. been asking yeah. friends. I'm more familiar with their newer logo. Um, as a Terriers 
fan uh how do you feel about the melville millionaires you got yeah <laughs> oh yeah. that is a that's that a, a very that is a real very real rivalry <laughs> like you know growing up playing minor hockey, minor hockey there all the teams are carriers versus millionaires whether you're mm-hmm. six years old or 18 years old it didn't matter you're either a carrier or you're a millionaire <laughs> and my first my first fight in hockey was against a millionaire <laughs> you know <laughs> that's how it went right on yeah i like it i uh I had a, a an ex from Yorkton, but her family was all in Melville, and um, I was very. I it familiarized me quickly with the relationship between the millionaires and the terriers, and, and uh, that's what that's what it's all about. You know, <laughs> you love it. My, oh, mom, yeah. my mom's family is from Melville, so I I've gone to a few uh, millionaires terriers games. That's for sure. <laughs> in that old barn, that old barn was sick. Yeah. Like, at the ends, like the at the goal ends, how high up the benches went, yeah, or the the stands went, <laughs> yeah. It was, man, if you took a tumble, holy, yeah, game game over, game yeah. over. But it was a beautiful <laughs> yeah. barn. I loved it. I loved playing there. You you definitely got up to play in that arena. That's good. That's good old uh, Saskatchewan hockey stories. You know, like there's, yeah. uh, there's and there's a whole bunch of great hockey players that that come from oh, that province. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, on, on our way out here, Wade, um, just kind of go through, uh, you know, tell us um, the song, the song uh, kind of uh, request you brought, and then we'll 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 be gladly adding them to the talk and hockey playlist. And and why did you pick these songs? There's a ho- hockey stick reference by Fred Eagle Smith in it. Um, toggle switch, you know. I'm an old school like old school hockey. You just you just want to see things certain way traditional you know and he mentions how it toggles so if you just want to hear it flip or you know just like a hockey stick on a pond basically and then the other song um sean burns don't let the highway get you uh get you lost and you know growing up in saskatchewan there's a lot of time you spend on highways whether you're playing in hudson bay or esther hazy or wherever don't let that highway get you lost the most Roads per capita in North America, I think, is something I heard once. Possibly, I don't want to go ahead and say the world, but uh, in Saskatchewan, most roads per capita, basically. I believe it. Yeah. I heard a stat uh, that one of the straightest roads in all of the world yep. goes right through Yorkton. Sure does, <laughs> yeah. It goes from the Manitoba border just over yeah, through, just short of the Manitoba border, I think. Yeah, uh, through to Yorkton and then just west to Yorkton a little ways there. Yeah. That's where everyone, I remember, you know, you want to test out your car, you get <laughs> hit city limits to see how fast you can go. You don't you, you have to worry up. too much. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and so before I let Tommy kind of wrap this up here, uh, I've got a loaded question to ask you, and maybe it's something that I'll start asking uh new guests but is Slapshot the best hockey movie i'm not going to deny that okay. i think <laughs> yeah I, I, it's hard to go against goon was pretty good but like Slapshot is like a pure classic There's, okay for goon for. Is, you know yeah it's, it's hard yeah. to argue yeah if you had to pick a number two like aside from goon oh aside from goon 
you know, just kind of our era, you kind of just go Mighty Ducks, even how bad, like now I look back at how bad it was, but yeah. you know, I think it, it captures the imagination of kids playing hockey though. Like I look at it, I'm like, okay, you know, it's still, it still tracks. Right on. I feel like it's one that I should watch again. I haven't watched it in a million years. Maybe my maybe when my daughter gets a couple years couple years older and is like, I'll be like, hey, Mighty Ducks, like let's watch this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely meant for kids. (laughs) It definitely excited me when I was a kid anyway. Like it's hard to be like even, you know, how authentic it is, that doesn't really matter. Did you guys watch the new Shorzy? Uh, well, I was just going to say this uh, new Shorzy show, which I've not yet seen, no, but uh, Beer League goaltender and uh, Winnipeg rapper Supreme Pip Skid was just chatting with him today, and he was like, Shorzy, it's, uh, it's pretty good. So, I watched I watched yeah. episode one yesterday, so I'm going to keep going with that. But uh, I wasn't a Letterkenny fan, and it's the same same guy, but I'm going to – I'm yeah. going to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to put my time in and uh, yeah. watch them all. Uh, well, I guess like Shorzy's like all hockey where letter Kenny was kind of just like partly based in hockey, yeah. you know, and it's not, it's not the same yeah. care. Like they reference Shorzy in letter Kenny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's the same guy playing two different roles kind of thing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So far so good. But uh, anyways, we're out of time. Uh, yeah. Tommy. Um, yeah. I think well, thank you so much for joining us, Wade. Uh, Thanks Are we going with Fred Eaglesmith on the way out or the uh, uh, the other one, which I have already forgotten? <laughs> Your call, Wade. Don't, don't let the highway get you down by Sean Burns. Thank you so much for joining us, Wade. And, um, yeah, it was a real pleasure talking some roller hockey with you and uh, basically all just hockey talk, you know, talking hockey. I treated that dead end life for used guitar. I ain't getting rich One of these days I'm gonna be a municipal star I've been raised by the wolves and sinners Worn out my dirty clothes I have boldly gone Where the agent said to go Step by step I'm learning how to crawl Well now I seen the headlights coming at me. I seen stupidity and I seen doom. I saw her sitting down on a bar stool, yelling out her favorite tune. It ain't this one. Sober up until I feel 
Well, that's about it for today on this week's episode of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We'd like to thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, and thanks to Wade Little for coming on the program. Uh, it's pretty cool to talk some rollerblade hockey, something I am not too familiar with myself, obviously, but Randy's got some experience there. And um, yeah, like uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. You can tune in next time because we're going to, in the next handful of shows here, we're going to have some. Uh, some more guests we got uh local goaltending and uh rapper supreme who's got a brand new album out pips kid we're gonna we're gonna chat with him we're gonna play some tunes of his um and some other guests that we will announce or you'll just have to tune in but you can always tune in mondays at five on umfm podcasts anytime keep your stick on the ice thanks for joining us check you later 